Heyo. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. I feel like we should do more freestyling on this podcast. Yeah. Go ahead, Joe. I think. <laughs> go. Just go. <laughs> Off the top. This like is, uh... dandruff. <laughs> <laughs> We should um, talk about our foray into freestyle rapping that we had, like maybe for a month or so. Yeah, this would be the time to do it, for yeah. sure. I don't remember this. All right, well, or was this what? was oh, this like on, when we man. when we would would like pull into the Wendy's parking lot and break out the keyboard? Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> we That's did do exactly that. Exactly yeah. what we're talking about. <laughs> and there were times there was, a- was was Matt not there when like we spent maybe an hour or two in Nick's garage, literally like freestyle rapping. Maybe that's why we were doing it. Because, because Matt, Matt wasn't, wasn't there. there. We couldn't practice. <laughs> oh, man. No, I think if I'm remembering correctly, it was because we were recording and we were probably sick of playing our songs. So we were like just fucking around and just, yeah. Welcome to the So So Cool podcast. Uh, we are talking about Blackalicious today, talking about hip-hop, and uh, thanks for tuning in. I am Brandon. I'm Joe. And I'm Matthew. And I have allergy problems today, so I'm a little congested. Sorry to hear that, Joe. So I apologize. Kisner, you gotta ride the... What do they call that? <laughs> I don't know. The edit button. <laughs> <laughs> the edit button. <laughs> I envision there's just a button, an edit button, (laughs) and you just push it. That would be sweet. (laughs) Edit. (laughs) Uh, Um, Ride that edit button. So what's going on with you? There's something kind of exciting going on right now with Maddie and Joey B. There's something going on. Something going on. With your allergies, you you could probably do a better (laughs) Charlie Tuna. Yeah, Matt. Well, we're in the same city. Which is unusual. We're in the same city. We're in different buildings at the moment, a different part of town. But we had a big day. Yeah, what happened? What'd you guys do? Hung out. Went for a bike ride. <laughs> it was very fun. I had a lot of fun. We we rode around um, the city of Seattle, which is where I live. I don't want to give away too much. So that I don't get any stalkers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we rode bikes to all. We did all the sites. Space Needle. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> all the other Seattle sites. <laughs> all the other sites. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun. I mean, I saw the Space Needle. It was there. We rode around, went to an Arboretum. What's an arboretum? Well, it's from the uh, arbor, the, the, the Latin for tree. Mm-hmm. And eatum, like when you eat something. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you eat trees. Eat trees there. <laughs> Got it. Figured it out. <laughs> it's, it's usually like um, 
just like a park mm-hmm. that has uh, focuses on sort of uh, horticultural demonstration. Focuses on ficuses. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Ficus? Isn't that a no, kind no. of tree? It, it is, but that's a it reference is. to something, or did, were you just you just that was just on? off the top of the <laughs> dome, <laughs> focusing on f- ficus. <laughs> We're riding bikers. Oh, oh please. Oh, no. no. This is already going off the rail. Um, just like a park with lots of different plants and stuff. It's, it's you know. Yeah. You know, like little signs that say this is this type of plant. That kind of thing. Yeah. And then what else did you do? We rode over a floating bridge. Ooh. That was, that's cool. That was cool. We ate some ate some leftover cookies. Oh yeah, we good. we got some cookies Friday night, some late night cookies. Cuz we're cuz we're wild. Um cuz we're children. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it was really beautiful. So just being outside, riding bikes, looking at things, looking at water. Seattle's a very beautiful place. So sometimes you just got to Get out there, kids, and smell the roses, and look outside, and and deal with the allergies the next day. Don't, don't worry about getting sunburned, (laughs) or (laughs) (laughs) Um, did you get sunburned? (laughs) Maybe a touch, but you know, you play the game, you 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 get burned sometimes. I had a lot of fun, and I guess maybe today we're gonna probably do something. I think it's even like nicer. Record a podcast after that. So we are talking about Black Alicious today. Their their album Broken Arrow, which is uh, an album I think that the three <laughs> of us all got. Broken Arrow is a John Arrow. Travolta, Christian <laughs> yeah. Slater movie. <laughs> it's also a, a city in the South. Broken Arrow is it Tennessee? It's in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Broken, Broken Arrow, Arrow, Oklahoma. But that was a classic flick. <laughs> when John Travolta went through his action hero phase. Yes. Face off. Broken, Broken Arrow. Arrow. What else was he in? <laughs> that was an action movie. Well, Not I don't really remember well. the action movies as well as that, as like he did like Michael and Phenomenon right around the same time too. Yeah. And there were those yep. like a adult-ish dramas that were I don't know if anyone went to see them. I saw Michael I think. I saw Michael my parents loved that movie Did they? Okay. Okay. Would you put Swordfish in in the the bucket of action movies? Totally. I don't think I've seen Swordfish Who was in that? Hugh Jackman was in that It's so bad (laughs) I hated that movie In my mind Swordfish and Gone in 60 Seconds are the same thing. Mm. I've never seen Gone in 60 Seconds, but I bet Gone in 60 Seconds Neither might be I. better. Yeah, I don't I don't know what they are, but I just have a, a I just have a hunch they're the same movie. Fair, you've seen uh Swordfish? I've seen Swordfish. I don't know that I've seen Gone in 60 Seconds. I I don't remember. Do you remember the scene where they're like we need to make sure that you're the 
the best hacker in the world. Yeah. And then like they put a gun to his head and they're like, hack into this thing. You have two minutes. And he's like, oh my God. And then this girl starts sucking his dick. And he's like, he's like, what? <gasps> they're like, keep working. It's <laughs> oh, oh. It was really trying to appeal to, <laughs> I don't know who it was trying to appeal to. The Maxim crowd yeah exactly. really really bad there's a whole lot of cringe my dad is a was my dad is retired but he was a like a programmer since like the 70s and i just remember 90s and early 2000s depictions of hacking and he used to get really really mad at, about them because they were so stupid <laughs> the most clear memory i have is when we saw the movie independence day and Jeff Goldblum hacks into the alien computer yes, system. Yes, I watched that recently. It was like, how could this at all be possible? And my dad was like, was beside himself. By that and they, they're like, we're going to hack into the alien ship and yeah. upload a virus. <laughs> like, mm. when you watch that now, it's like, oh, okay, so no one understood computers. And that's how this was, <laughs> that's how this was a thing. They were like, I've yeah. heard of computers. I've heard of viruses. Okay. Okay. Good plot, you guys. <laughs> yeah. And didn't it, like, um, have, like, a screen that came up on, like, the alien computer that was, like, ah, 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 like, make, like laughing at them? Yes. <laughs> and then the aliens were like, huh? What? What? And then the nuke exploded. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. I could probably, I, I don't know if that was one of those movies that was during the cable box era, but I feel like I've seen it a lot. It came out July 4th weekend, 1996, I believe. Yeah. Will Smith owned July 4th then for a few years after that. The very next year was Men in Black came out that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the year after that was Wild Wild West, maybe? Sounds reasonable. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, our album. Let's do it. And the band for, for this for this week, the group for this week. Should we redo that we're talking about Blazing Arrow? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. That was, <laughs> that was where we, <laughs> we, got, we got off on, on a tangent. big tangent. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So this week we're talking about Black Alicious and Blazing Arrow, their second full length album that came out in 2002, April 30th, 2002. So that just celebrated 20 years. Damn. And Gift of Gab died about a year ago almost a year ago at this point so i guess we'll sort of do this as a remembrance of him but uh what do you guys do you have anything to say about this album before we start getting into the nitty-gritty yeah i love this album it was really good i remember liking it a lot and listening to it a lot but i hadn't listened to it since probably you know that that time so it was really nice to come back to. I found it, the whole album, really quite enjoyable. Yeah, um, I agree. I was just going to say, um, and we'll probably talk about it more, but we listened to this album a lot when we were maybe, 
maybe a year or two after it came out, at least for me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, it was, it was on heavy rotation and I think we listened to a lot of, we might talk about, uh, similar artists in this kind of, uh, hip hop subgenre. Uh, yeah. And I was, um, in, introduced to this, uh, group by another person we went to high school with who made a, a mix CD. I don't know how you guys heard about Black Alicious, um, but I think that was my first introduction to to them. I, I remember sitting in one of our cars and just listening to it with a couple of guys from our band. Yeah, I don't know how I don't remember how I got introduced to it. I think through Nick, maybe. Um, but I remember we were really into the Roots and J Five. And then this, this just sort of naturally followed. Handsome Boy Modeling School. Do you guys remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We were into that. Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Yep. De La Soul. Tribe Called Quest. Yeah, that mix CD had a lot of good stuff on it. Like it had Tribe Called Quest, Common. Uh, I think it had some of the early root stuff like something from Do You Want More or one of their, their other albums in that pre-phrenology time frame. Um, and that was really cool. And I think that kind of introduced me to a lot of things that uh, that we were into for a few years there. There's one band that was all, like during this era for me that snuck its way in, and that would be G-Love and Special Sauce. And uh, yeah. I feel a little embarrassed about that. Why are Why? you embarrassed? I don't know. I'm not sure that that holds up. That would be interesting to revisit. Well, we're going to have to do it. Let me get a cold beverage. <laughs> <laughs> I need I some leverage. <laughs> yeah. I still think about that all the time. And I probably haven't listened to that song in 20 years. Or maybe uh, 18 years. But a lot of times I'll be like, I like cold beverages. I like cold beverages. We went to Bonnaroo in 2004, I think it was. And so it was, it was early Bonnaroo, second or third year. And I remember our friend that we went with was a guy my from my freshman year of college and he was in lived in the dc area i remember that and we drove from dc to tennessee in one day and we were i think really into this album and uh the j5 album at that time i just have a lot of memories of listening to um this album and jurassic five i think it was power in numbers that we were listening to a lot um, on that car ride and galactic played at that yeah a bunch of us i don't think either of you were there saw jurassic five um in Lollapalooza in pittsburgh uh, i think that was 2003 and then maybe 2005 or six i saw black alicious in philly at the i think at the trocadero that's awesome they were really good yeah yeah so Blackalicious is 
a duo. Uh, it's Gift of Gab, whose real name was Tim Parker, and Chief XL, whose name was Xavier Mosley, or his name is Xavier Mosley. The two of them met at John F. Kennedy High School in Sacramento, California. And uh, Gift of Gab is the MC, and Chief XL creates the beats. Uh, Gift of Gab started rapping, rhyming when he was 12, and he initially started out as a battle MC. Um, and unfortunately, he died on June 18th, 2021. Um, it says on Wikipedia of natural causes, although he had had kidney failure like five years prior and was receiving dia- dialysis multiple times a week for years, and that was like five hours every time he did it. Um, and I think that was for a number of years, but he had gotten a kidney transplant in 2020, maybe. And then he died a year later, which is very sad. He was 50 years old. Yeah. Blazing Arrow was released on MCA records on April 30th, 2002. The album features guest appearances by lots of people like Charlie Tuna and Cut Chemist from Jurassic five Ben Harper, Zach De La Rocha from Rage, Latif the Truth Speaker. A lot of people were featured on this album. Quest Love from The Roots is listed as a co-writer and co-producer on the, the song Nowhere Fast. Um, and this album got really good reviews. Did you guys see the reviews from this one? Yeah, Pitchfork was notoriously harsh. Uh, normally, uh, yeah. gave this a 9.3, yeah. which is super high praise. Um, and Matt was saying yesterday he was a little surprised by that high praise from Pitchfork. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I had any reason to be surprised, just that they usually are pretty reserved with the high ratings. So, I don't know, this being something that was a little more, um... It wasn't as mainstream. I didn't. I just didn't expect them to do that. But yeah, I think it's safe to assume if you like something, that Pitchfork is going to mercilessly skewer it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think that's that's probably where that feeling comes from. Yeah. yeah, and it's probably because it wasn't mainstream that they felt comfortable giving it a really high rating, and that if it was mainstream, they probably would have tore it apart. Yeah, maybe it does. It's deserved. That's a good rating. Yeah, this this album's so good. And I feel like I've listened to it a ton. Not not necessarily recently, but I really loved this album. Going back to it was like, oh, I'm very familiar with this. It's not like something that I was casually into. I was pretty into this. So there's a lot of tracks on this album. There's 17 tracks. And, and some of them are, uh, some of the tracks are like two songs because they have like a completely different outro or something that might be two minutes and it's basically like its own thing um but i was really surprised by how much of it i knew because like there's a lot of albums that i would listen to especially back a long time ago where i would get like five to eight songs in a lot yeah and then like the back half you're like i don't know if i've ever really listened this far um but you could go to track 16 which is like nine minutes. So you could go like track 16 and just drop the, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hit play on minute seven. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know this. Yep. I've listened to this a ton. Right. Um, everything was super familiar to me. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Now, 
their other stuff. Did we listen to a lot of Black Alicious's other stuff? Um, they had a prior to this was the A2G EP. Um, and then their first full length album was Nia. Um, I remember I had gotten the A2G EP. I don't think I had Nia. Um, I got the craft, which was the one after this too. But what about you, Joe? I didn't listen to a lot of their other stuff. I, and I don't really know why other than, um, kind of laziness, not exploring it, but, um, yeah, I, I know I've listened to songs here and there, um, but this, yeah, for for whatever reason, I didn't listen to a lot of their other stuff. I think Matt did. Yeah, I listened to, is it Nia or Naya? I don't know. I think he said Nia. Yeah, I listened to that record a lot, but I'm pretty sure Blazing Arrow is my gateway to Blackalicious and Nia came second. But I remember, I love that album. That's really good. All right, so in 2002, um, here's some movies that came out that year. Spider-Man, Catch Me If You Can. Mm, That's a classic, Kisner classic. That's a Kisner classic. I saw that maybe two days in a row (laughs) in the movie theater. I I was reading that the whole, like, uh, Catch Me If You Can, it turns out that that was fiction. Like, he had lied about all the things that had happened. What? Um, Are you oh, serious? Oh, so the guy that said it was true actually was just making it up? Yeah, the guy that it was based on, that they were like, this is his crazy life story. It turns out that that was also fake. That's such a funny turn of events. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, it turns out that that stuff actually happened. <laughs> no, like the, <laughs> like the FBI has come out and said, like, he's never worked for us. And like, yeah. Wow. You'd think they would have vetted this before they released the movie, but I guess not. Jeez. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily diminish the awesomeness of the movie because it's just a really good movie. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, uh, Jack asked the movie. We were talking about this earlier, but uh, I started to watch the fourth one last night and did not get very far before I was like, I can't. I'm too old for this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Pianist. Eight Mile, The Ring, The Born Identity, Signs. God, so many classics. Chicago, Insomnia by Christopher Nolan, who we've we've discussed on this pod before. Big Christopher Nolan fans. Yeah, this pod. Yeah, yeah. Punch Drunk Love. Do you guys like that movie? I liked it when I saw it. It's been a long time since I saw it. Oh, and uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, which. Oh, oh, there's a little uh, bit of a uh, tie-in. <laughs> what? So maybe we can't talk about Black Alicious without talking about Harry Potter and the late night bars. Cue some music in there. So this is the epilogue after Deathly Hollows. Yeah. Yeah, after Voldemort was defeated and everything, Harry Potter went on to spit some hot, fiery bars on Jimmy Fallon (laughs) of Blackalicious music. Um, So I think we have some strong opinions about this. uh, We we should probably state what we're talking about. On on the Jimmy Fallon show in about, I think, 2014, Daniel Radcliffe went on and 
performed Blackalicious's alphabet aerobics in its entirety. And uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think it made a pretty big splash and I think it brought a lot of a lot of um, exposure to Blackalicious. But how do how do we feel about it? I feel I feel like there's some <laughs> there's some hot takes. I felt embarrassed for him, I think, is the... Uh, if it, just felt, it just felt, like, staged. That's all. It didn't, didn't feel very... Uh, it was a little weird. It was like the family talent show where you're just like, oh, good job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it felt like a talent show. That's a really good way to describe it. It was like, I mean, he did fine. He did a fine job. Um, but it just was like, why am I watching this? I don't... <laughs> Yeah, the setup of of doing it on the Tonight Show, where it was clearly planned, felt a little weird. But that's just the way those shows work, and so um, it's not my thing really. But I could see why somebody might be like, "Oh, cool that that was impressive." I didn't know he could do that. Um, but but yeah, I don't know. Felt a little little cringy. Us howdy doodats. <laughs> <laughs> the howdy doodats. Howdy doodat. <laughs> um uh. Yeah, so I I watched it last night and I think I think it's charming in a way. And that's kind of what yeah, like like Joe was saying, that's kind of what those shows revolve around, like Hey celebrities, can we can we have you doing other things other than the thing that we everybody knows you from and have people tune in and watch? I think the Jimmy Fallon one has become very hard to watch because he does so many things that are supposed to look off the cuff and are obviously staged and obviously the person practiced it beforehand and it's like uh this this is super weird like <laughs> that that it's obvious that this yeah. person worked this up beforehand and we're supposed to believe they're doing it on the spur of the moment um yeah <laughs> but they kind of like yeah this like the dialogue was like it felt like it was supposed to be and i was like i feel like i'm kind of being dragged along into something unwillingly <laughs> yeah. fair enough yeah and it's hard to make it seem spur of the moment when you're just talking about like Daniel Radcliffe is like, I like hip hop music and I like to learn the lyrics. Yeah. And then Jimmy Fallon's like alphabet aerobics. Do you, you know that? And it's like, well, why would you pull that song out of your ass? Um, How do you do that? The Jimmy Fallon shtick has never been really my cup of tea as far as late night shows go. So, yeah, but it's cool. It is cool. It's really cool that he can do that, and it's impressive. And the good thing about it is that it brought um, a lot of spotlight onto Blackalicious after many, many years since that song has even come out. That was like 99, I think. Um, maybe even before that, I forget. But uh, I I did see something about them asking Blackalicious about it, and they they certainly were... Um, notified beforehand by Questlove, he was like, "Hey, have a tweet out to your followers to uh, DVR 
the show tonight. But they didn't tell him what was going to happen. And, uh, the, you know, they talked about like, yeah, that was cool. And it, it really brought a lot of attention to us. And that's their like number one song on Spotify and, and Apple Music, like, <laughs> um, which I think is a cool thing. It really did. When somebody does something like that for a group that's pretty underground, um, it's pretty big deal. Yeah, it was nice to see them getting some love. Um, some of the albums that came out in 2002, The Eminem Show, uh, Songs for the Deaf by Queens of the Stone Age, By the Way by Red Hot Chili Peppers, Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots by The Flaming Lips, uh, Jay-Z did The Blueprint, <laughs> uh, Songs About Jane by Maroon 5, which I stand behind that as being a great album, even though Maroon 5 uh, went off the rails very quickly after that. Let's put it in the queue for albums to do. Oh, have you have you ever listened to it? Uh, I'm sure I know a few of the songs, but I would love to listen to Maroon 5 album and develop opinions about it. Oh, and Nellyville by Nelly. And Power in Numbers by Jurassic 5, a favorite of ours. Yeah, the albums and the movies, this is like the year that um, we turned 17, and maybe in Matt's case, 18. Um, But, you know, born in December, so basically the same age. Um, So all this stuff is like, you know, it's very... uh, Formative. Formative. It's like archetypal, like this is like the thing that uh, I default to in some ways, like these couple of years. So Yeah. Let's talk about the reviews of Blazing Arrow. Well, I've got the excerpt I pulled, the kind of um, wrapping up paragraph of the Pitchfork review, which I mentioned earlier was very um, positive. Um, so I could read that if, uh, if we want to, um, so Pitchfork says, and kind of in closing up the, their review, which is glowing, um, Gab has plenty of fast rhymes, but is more impressive for the clarity of his message. There's a humility to his frontman stance that makes this album about everything but himself. He and Excel have the stage and all they want to do is share it. It's as if the scope of this album the stylistic diversity, the guest artist, the sincere ecstatic rhymes doesn't come from ambition or creativity for its own sake, but out of a need to include everyone they know and everything they see around them. Not since car wash has there been such a celebration of diversity and hot fun in the summertime. And unlike the otherwise classic film, Blazing Arrow doesn't have the Pointer Sisters to drag it down. That makes sense to me. Actually, like listening to it, I felt like I don't know, you kind of just feel, like, welcomed into this world, I think is the best way to describe listening to the record. Yeah, and and kind of, we'll probably talk about this when we listen to the songs, but it's not obvious, at least not when I was younger to listen to, but when we were listening to it yesterday, we were looking up all the samples and stuff. And that also kind of seems consistent with that message of just like there's all this stuff coming in and and you you know there's a lot of hip-hop albums you could say that about but um just so much interesting stuff that they're pulling from um that 
was really exciting to learn about and listen to like the original songs that they're sampling. Yeah, they sampled a lot of from a pretty diverse set of genres. Yeah, so I've gone back recently and uh, like after the Super Bowl halftime show and listened to Eminem because I got really into Eminem around the same time, uh, the Eminem show in particular, and listened to some of his early albums again. And it doesn't hold up for me like lyrically because it's really violent and misogynistic and um, the lyrical content kind of bums me out. Um, but then I listened to Black Alicious and Gift of Gab and I have so much a deeper appreciation for the lyrics and the themes and just broadly his optimism. Yeah, I think um, this this was a kind of subgenre um, that we listened to a good bit, inclu- like which includes Black Alicious, like backpack rap, which is something um, we were talking about earlier. And I don't know, you know, exactly what falls into that category, but it's something that um, a lot of the artists like Black Alicious and Jurassic Five um, that we were talking about that we were really into, and then. Um, some other artists like um i think like atmosphere and aesop rock and sage francis which who are like a little bit more underground kind of um sort of fell into that subgenre a little bit um but it was stuff we listened to a lot back in this just after high school phase it's a genre that i still don't quite fully comprehend exactly what's in or out or where the gray areas are. The classification of backpack rap is often cited as like music that has more a focus on the everyday and everyday issues. Um, but that can be really like, there's a lot of gray area there too. Like, um, like does NWA or public enemy fall into that category? You're talking about real life issues. Um, they're just a lot, they're a lot yeah, every, heavier and a lot more political and um, than like the things that Beastie Boys are talking about or like, um, and mm-hmm. you know, even Sage Francis was talking about a lot of like political messaging. Yeah, um, for sure. And I guess like to me then it's like, well, is the classification then around like, well, if you're talking about sort of worldly things versus like um, I'm talking about myself as an artist and how I am reflected in the world, then maybe that's the distinction. But I still don't quite get where the distinction is. And I feel like we listen to a pretty wide variety of hip hop in high school, like um, NWA and Public Enemy, I know are things that were influenced, uh, influenced us, uh, especially um, that we got introduced to them through, through Rage Against the Machine which is something that we got really into and also has a very political and sort of heavy message. Um, and I know like for me, like Beastie Boys were a thing that like, I didn't get as into them, but they were kind of always a thing that like were on the periphery and I would listen to from time to time. I don't know that I owned any Beastie yeah. Boys. I think I maybe burned a copy from you, Joe. Um, but there's like a whole like range of hip hop that we were listening to and Blackalicious and J5 kind of fell into a bucket that was, mm-hmm. I think, thematically just about posit- spiritual positivity. Uh, I guess it would be the best way to sort of describe that content. 
Um, but I guess like, yeah, for me, the, it's so hard to think back. And I mean, all these terms are sort of like applied in retrospect recursively. And so like, I don't know, it's, um, it's hard to sort of like wrap my head around that. It's interesting you say spiritual. Uh, one thing that stands out to me now is that uh, there's a lot of talk of God in Gift of Gab stuff just throughout the, his career. Um, and in the liner notes, both Gift of Gab and Chief Excel seem very spiritual. Uh, and I won't say that's problematic for me, but it hits my ear differently now than it used to. Not to get too off topic, but I was I was raised in a very rigid fundamentalist Christian church. Uh, it would kind of fall under the category of evangelical now, but that's a huge, broad, all-encompassing thing that actually encompasses a lot of different kinds of churches. But um, when I look back now and see the form of Christianity and the version of God that I was handed, I, I can see how it existed within this Christian nationalist patriarchal structure and the reason I bring this up is an album like this for me when I was in that world if somebody talked to me about the lyrics of this album I, I might have been like I think it's cool that they talk about God and I think it's cool that they have a song about science um, but uh, but and I, I probably would have done that because the social themes and the political themes about inequality and how unfair the world is for people who aren't like me, they wouldn't have made sense to me at that time because I was just kept inside a world that refused to acknowledge that those things were even real. Um, there was a almost a discouraging about having an opinion even of about social issues. It was just frowned upon. It, it was not something that was discussed. But now I listen and there's just such a different weight to the lyrics and the themes. And I'm kind of in awe of his optimism in the face of some of these things he talks about. And ironically, the the mentions of God kind of hit me differently now because of the association I have with God isn't as pleasant because of those things. Yeah, I didn't know that um, having opinions about social issues was frowned upon. I just thought the opinions you were supposed to have were different than what I would have had. So mm. that's, that is somewhat surprising to me. I didn't know that. I remembered the summer when I was like breaking down my faith and, and deciding like to leave religion behind. Uh, there was a guy who came to speak at our church and he basically said like, when when young people aren't invested in the church, that's when they turn to these things like you would think he would say drugs and sex, but he said like Black Lives Matter. Um, mm. And I remember being like, damn, that's just so offensive um, mm -hmm. to be like. If if these kids aren't on the right track, they're gonna go off and be worried about social justice. They're going to be worried about other people. But yeah, but it's unlike it's... Jesus Christ, who <laughs> famously didn't give a shit about anyone else. <laughs> well, that's super interesting. Yeah, because as I was talking, I was like, I think for me, this was um, stuff like this appealed to me and, and things in this genre because of the politicalness of it. And 
Blackalicious isn't like overtly political, but I think like the messages about, you know, community and things like that and spirituality, I interpret it as kind of like maybe not political, but social. Two people can get something completely different out of something depending on where they are um, or where they're coming from or their background or whatever. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. On that, I, um, you know, this is a running theme for me uh, that I'll probably mention a lot. But I, you know, there are lyrics from this album that stand out to me because they're really catchy. But again, I, I, I tend to not listen to things, even hip hop, with much of a lens towards lyricism. I, I think I'm just more interested in sound than I am message. Um, mm-hmm. And so even, yeah, even this album, like, and listening back to it, like there were lyrics that I remembered and sang along to, but I don't know that I even really gave much thought to what they mean. I just like the way that he raps is just so rhythmic and like he plays with meter and timing and, um, you know, especially that track with Cut Chemist, they're like playing with, uh, stretching time and contracting time and uh, modulate tempo modulations and things like that. Th- those are the things that I think I was drawn to um, with him. He's he's really fluid and fast and um, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that's the that's the stuff that I think for me I I latched onto it. Well, should we should we kick it? Yeah, let's jump. We should jump in. Soul music lovers everywhere. All around the universe. You know as well as I do that things are changing. I mean, this is just a really great uh, intro track, I think, and it it does like throughout the album, he repeats they repeat that yeah the arrow stuff. um like little little clip like throughout, and it kind of is uh it adds like a cohesiveness and just like a thematic quality throughout the album that I like. Yeah, they call back to it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, such a good just like soul music opening. It's like, ah, it's great. Shall we get into? Let's get into the hits. <laughs> into the namesake. Are there? Do we have any talk about hits that we need to? Discussion? The beginning of this song made me think about our hits discussion last week. <laughs> <laughs> See if you guys can tell what, why I say that. Okay. <laughs> I see what you're going for there, uh, but because it's all like <laughs> yep. in time and it 
it just feels like it's leading in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not nearly as pretentious as some of the other hits we've talked about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Okay, okay, I'm like a laser ray keeping the stage of playing dangerous ways, dropping the phrase that pays all day to say the fame. But ace's ways of KG great displays, so hate the same again. Yeah, I just love how, like, it just sort of feels like a pendulum. There's the Nelson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Harry Nelson uh, uh, sample. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me and my arrow is the Harry Nelson song. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I love the line. So make your disc and play this tape in your Camaro. <laughs> just uh, <laughs> it's like it's just so old. <laughs> yeah. Play this tape in your Camaro. Yeah. I mean, we sort of, we grew up in sort of the transition between mixtapes and mix CDs. I definitely had a lot of both. Mm-hmm. And and old school MP, this era is the like beginnings of like MP3 players, like the glorified USB sticks right before iPod came I out. I love thinking about the era where we had Discman's that we had to hook up to a cassette thing uh-huh. in our cars so they would play <laughs> in our cassette decks. <laughs> yeah. Um that's one of my that's one of my favorite things to think about. It's like we to play a CD in the car, you had to get an adapter to stick into the cassette uh cassette reader. <laughs> yeah, you'll so I <laughs> I currently had like the the tape to a little eighth inch jack and then i have the eighth inch jack to a lightning connector dongle so i can plug my iphone in (laughs) yes nice i have that i've got that going on in your camaro really in in my camaro (laughs) okay (laughs) in my in my old car Wow, it has a CD player now, but the but the original the original radio was just just had a tape deck. Original radio, um, cool. No, the <laughs> the eighth inch to lightning connectors fail really fast. They're not very good. So I I remember like when it became um, like phones and iPods became more ubiquitous. Um, I remember the thing that you would connect that would transmit a radio frequency and then it would it would play on a radio station, you know those things. Yes. And yes. they never worked well, especially when you lived in like a city cuz there would yeah. be like there were so many like radio frequencies that you're competing with. So you'd like drive somewhere and it, all of a sudden you'd be listening to your music and like you know Rush Limbaugh or something would come in. And you'd be like, ah! Um, but, uh, yeah. Not NPR. That, that was the other that, technology. Couldn't be that good. No. It's never it was NPR. always Rush. It's always Rush. <laughs> Gift of Gab's flow is so, it seems so natural and mm-hmm. 
it it's hard to follow and and even when i even when i try to read along with him that's when i start to really realize how how just rapid fire it actually is cuz i'm like mm-hmm. I, it's hard for me to read along with him and still keep up mm-hmm. yeah and <laughs> it's how he phrases over the over the bar lines so that you have this it feels very the phrase itself like what the the sort of like arc of what he's saying is uh syncopated across the music actually there's a section we could listen to it um that i think sort of highlights that I have no idea what he's saying, especially that end, that like the last phrase there. But there's so many words crammed in. Yeah, yeah. There's some good flute on this. I don't know if it's sampled or if it's uh, if it was performed for the song. Uh, yeah, great, great song. It's a really nice, really nice introduction to the album. Sky is falling. For sure. This one gets a bit political. Lightning crumbling, buildings falling, hurricanes earth shattering, membranes scattering, insane happening, souls keep burning, and the sky keeps plummeting. The sky is falling, life is appalling, and death is lurking, niggas killing each other, leaving bodies, nobody searching for, and juveniles are losing trials, catching a bit of murder, one and mothers is drinking and drugging, ho and searching for a son, and liquor stores upon every corner, and younger people done accepted defeat, and the melting pot of lava seeping, and the hood is all the more I can conceive when your foes bleed until they death, and you pick in a pocket all the just get even niggas is banging, they bottles was banging, they hunks thugging, highly intelligent Africans low with the punch thugging, and the coppers is declining the planet. I love that. Uh, in the background. Yeah. Um, in that one, some of the lyrics were highly intelligent Africans lowered to punks mugging, and the coppers is the clan, and the planet's run by your government. Pretty political there. Ho oh boy. A cab. Degrading our women. <laughs> still quite relevant. Yeah. Yeah. So so much of this stuff is still so relevant. It's a good tune. Very good. Yeah, really good. It's just so it's just so fun to listen to. Just sounds so good too. Shall yeah. we proceed? What's that song I'm thinking of? I shall proceed <laughs> and continue. That's, that's to rock the mic. Yeah, it's from... That's Roots. Do you want more? It is. Correct. So, yeah, we go from The Sky Has Fallen, which is a little bit a little bit darker, to First in Flight. Gil Scott Heron doing the sort of baritone singing. Yeah, 
of the night. So silky. Free, like a garden flourishing in the wind. Like a student about to do it when he's graduating. Free from any other energy perception. Can never be defined, create the definition within. Free, just loving life himself and never pretend to be anything other than the man I was meant to be. Travel through time and get a glimpse of the centuries. To come a better day is promised. Remember, free, like my nephew in a few months. About to be out the penitentiary. Meditation, 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 meditation. But yeah, again, awesome. I mean, just incredible and interesting rapping there. Oh yeah, this breakdown bit. So cool. And it's sort of like, I don't know if it's like a almost sounds like a, uh, children's rhyme in the background. Yeah. I guess I didn't know, you know, I'm familiar with Gil Scott Heron as like a spoken word sort of poet. poet. Um, but I guess I didn't realize um, his sort of singing voice, like, you know, um, and probably just my own ignorance and not, not knowing a lot of nuance about him, but knowing kind of the high profile stuff he's done. Yeah. He's and cool. it's really, I mean, ooh, so, so good. Yeah. Um, just the mix of their, their two voices. Um, with his baritone on it. It's really nice. And we come from Sky is Falling with um, sort of the backing singing into this with that Barry. feels really cool. Is this the one with um, Good Morning God, Good God Morning? Yeah, you can either say Good Morning God or Good God Morning. I I truly feel the sentiment, though I will say... uh, Reality for me is most mornings as a non-morning person are a good God morning. Uh, yeah. But uh, the sentiment is taken. Well, th- that's one of the things, like, the positivity that he shows is, like, it, I get the impression that he really is a very positive person, um, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't say I'm a super positive person. So, uh, like, I listen to this kind of aspirationally. <laughs> yeah, I was reading that like one of the last tracks he did or um for his last album um that he he got the track while he was at dialysis and like immediately was like let's get let's get in the studio as soon as I'm done let's record this like um. Yeah, there is a little documentary on YouTube about him doing the whole dialysis thing and it's really interesting. He he said he's got like five hours the days he's there. And so he was like, I, I used that time to write lyrics as much as I could. And, um, they were like, you can basically, uh, go completely on disability. And, and he was like, well, no, I, you know, I make music to make my money and I'm going to continue to do that as much as I can. And it was just like, wow, this, this guy has, (laughs) 
has a lot of uh, positive energy that he's using to get through all this stuff. Like you would think in that situation, most people would not be that proactive. Fuck no, I would be. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine um, being on a machine for five hours most days. Yeah. So the next two tracks, I I will admit, First in Flight typically gets skipped after a while for me because the next two tracks have always been my favorites. At least they used to be. Um, Yeah, these are classics. Yeah. Yeah. I always really liked First in Flight, um, but these Mm -hmm. next two, yeah, feel like we're, we're ramping up. Yeah. All right, Green Light now begin. I was listening to this this morning, and the bass line in this is so cool. Green light now. Yeah. This when it comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Green light now. Annihilate a pen, parry animate a plan, don't exaggerate a win. Coming at your major then, diabolically I grant. As I'm frolicking with sin, your anatomy again, making people higher into infinity from sin. Where your remedy for them who are feeling with your friends don't intend to be a trend. Pick up with that baby. Lyrics sent to me from him, I extend to thee the of intensity. Lend your attention, see as quench your envisions of a mental dimension full of internalisms. And again, and again, I'm gonna win this division. We are men on a mission. Green light now begin. I had a Timestamp noting the baseline at 145. We could listen to it if it's and if it's cool, just keep it in. But and I'm merely a chameleon, image of elementary elements of the century. Tell them that it was me that sent it. Tell them eventually they'll begin to be into the sleep. And hell, I'm an entity bailing well and it's filling the free. Melanin rounds in an umbrella won't kill it from filtering hell of intelligent, diligent, heaven sent, benevolent, relevant medicine. Wait, keep going, keep going. Keep going. This is my favorite part. Okay, okay. alright. So cool. Um, yeah, this is, uh, I think w- we got Benny Maupin as the the song is It Remains to be Seen is the main sample on here. Hmm. Um, yeah, I like all over the album, and I don't even know if this is the best example of it, but there's a lot of uh, kind of... Uh, it's not there's not always a lot going on it's kind of uh sparse in a way that's really good like Mm -hmm. it 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 makes it's there's a lot of space and it might be they might have gone that way just because of how uh gift of gab is obviously like the front and center feature and they didn't they wanted to kind of give space for that um it's just got a lot of just like funky awesome bass lines simp- like it never feels like there's a big fat like 
wall of sound kind of thing. There's always mm-hmm. just it's there's always a lot of space, and it works really <laughs> well. Which uh, Benny Maupin song did you say? I think it's "It Remains to Be Seen." That's what I jotted right, right, down. Right. It's the first, yeah, first track on. Um, so he played on "Bitches Brew." He was a uh, collaborator, uh, often collaborated mm. with um, Herbie Hancock. Did he, he do clarinet? Was he clarinet he did, player I he primarily? Or I think he played bass clarinet on "Bitches Brew." I think on. I think on the the. Uh, I think on the record that uh, this one is from. I think did he play saxophone? I can't remember. On it remains to be seen. We can find out. I love the. I love reading the lyrics here because it's just it's so rapid fire. You can't. You can't really pick out all this stuff, but it says. Hell of intelligent, diligent, heaven-sent, benevolent, relevant, medicine, poetry, pedestrian, peddling, mad adrenaline to lyrical gentlemen. <laughs> so cool. Just such just yeah. such cool lyric, lyrical playfulness. Yeah. Yeah, it's always so multi-layered and there, there's so much like internal rhyming and, and uh, intricacy. Yeah. So... Yeah, Benny Malpin was, uh, you know, he just he was a woodwind uh, player, so he he played yeah, sax he, on a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, I feel like this. I listened to the slow traffic to the right as the record. It remains to be seen is on. I always listen to that last night. It's really, really good. Nineteen nineteen seventy seven. Slow traffic to the right. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were going through this album last night and pulling, like, researching the samples and then listening to the original songs. And I don't know, did I already say this? Almost, like, uniformly, we were just like, this is incredible, and I've never heard of this. Right. Um, or I, people I've heard of but, like, haven't listened to um, before. Uh, a lot of jazz and uh, funk and soul from the 70s yeah a couple of blues a couple of blues records i heard an interview with chief xl talking about i guess he's got quite an enormous record collection and is always looking for new stuff and yeah, i bet yeah some really just really cool really cool mix of stuff uh, anything else you want to listen to in green light is the is the transition from from uh green light to four thousand miles really cool Let's back. Can we? Can remember. we? Let's listen to just it. Just check. Oh yeah, that little that's guitar just, like that's, that's so cool. they're so cool. Yeah, there's one of the callbacks to that. This is four thousand miles. Mm-hmm. Featuring Charlie Tuna and Latif, the truth speaker. To me, this is the iconic one off this album. Well, we were really into J5 
He's got the coolest voice. That's obviously Ch- that's Charlie Tuna from Jurassic Five. Yeah, we were big yeah. Charlie Tuna fans back in in those days. I'm just a sucker for a baritone. I think is the what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, tenors tenors get all the attention, but the baritones. Yeah, that song. Like, if I were to ever make a mix or something or a playlist for somebody, say, put some of your favorite hip hop songs, that would always be on it, regardless. You wouldn't think a tuna fish spokes spokes fish would be the <laughs> source of someone's rapper alias, but he pulls it off. Yeah, that's always that's always been a funny. A funny name to me, but I remember just like watching the like I don't remember it was like little mini documentary from J Five or um, it was just like videos mm-hmm. like home videos that they did like they're just such funny, just such funny guys. <laughs> but, yeah, I remember there was a a doc. Maybe we're talking about the same thing from around this time where he was actually talking about the tape deck adapter because he had that in his yes, car <laughs> he, he was like he got a cd player yeah yeah and they were like and yeah this is that analog shit <laughs> <laughs> then when gift of gab comes in on this track is the underground or overboard overlord oh my lord <laughs> yeah there's also uh latif the truth speaker mm-hmm. uh does a verse is, is i think that's the third verse is that right that's correct. Yeah. Do you, do you want to play? Uh, no, no, I'm out and out. What's yeah. the timestamp? I don't have it. I'm but not sure. Try like two thirty and see where. Yeah. Now see we rock around the clock We don't stop for nothing Gonna take it to the top On nine stops, no frontin' People listen when it drops Cause it speaks to something in their souls When they all alone Spacing in the zone Or walking they block Talking to they homie at the shop See the point is this Even if the homie got shot Then it still be the bump Knocking in your trunk Get you out your slump Rocking it straight off the top Concocting it like ingredients Thrown haphazardly inside I love where he emphasizes stuff Just Yeah Yeah it just gives such like a it's such a contrast to like uh, his just his vocal quality in contrast to Charlie Tuna. It's really it's really nice. Yeah, everybody brings it on that one, and it's mm, that's such a good song. The hook part, and then the um, we take take a journey through music that like gets right. in my head all the time. Yeah, I know it gets in my head too, and I always want to sing it, but I can't go that low. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> and it always sounds low. like garbage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, this next one is I think co-written by Questlove and co-produced by Questlove from The Roots. Nowhere fast. Music. Music. 
Now, are those drums sampled, or is that Questlove? That's a good question. I don't know. Sounds like a thing you would play. Like, it has that, that bounciness that it has to the bass drum. Quick as you stepped inside, soon enough you said goodbye. Peace out, I'm going, I won't be back. I heard your echo cry. Oh, how the seconds fly, left without a second try. I check and try to recollect how I just let you die. And now I wallow in these seven ties. This song does have a, a sample from Friends of Distinction. It might be probably that. Oh, yes, Yeah. Yeah, the song that we found for the samples was called Nowhere by Friends of mm. Distinction. Yeah, it says, it says Questlove of the Roots co-wrote and plays drums on one of the album's standouts, Nowhere Fast. So Pitchfork says it's him playing drums. The way he uh, he plays the bass drum is just very iconic. Yeah. the The message of this song is pretty cool too. The not don't put off everything to tomorrow and mm-hmm. live a good just life. Rem- live your best life now. This is one of the tracks where I remember the lyrics pretty distinctly. The I'm February, April, March, and even May. I am. I remember that mm-hmm. yeah yeah that bit where that bit with the um call and response to tomorrow yeah um because it's the yeah the way that the song is structured is like the first part's yesterday mm. then it's today and then it's about like what are you going to do about tomorrow what's mm-hmm. the timestamp for that bit it's really cool yeah that's a good one. i'm about to change the way i'm living homie tomorrow. i'm eating vegan no ham or bologna I'm starting off my day with yoga stretches. I'm about to master self and study lessons. I'm swearing off the weed and alcohol. I won't be affected by doubts at all. The sky's the limit. Watch, I'm about to fall. I'm spending every single dollar wisely. I'm writing songs as like Yeah, love that bit. This next one's kind of like the the uh, lyrical dexterity kind of. Uh kind of one yeah hit you with the funk it's like who cut the provolone is in this one <laughs> yeah oh it's in paragraph president yeah yep <laughs> another one Just another one that's kind of political yeah well this one this one features us the sample of um a comedy routine around presidency we got the run on Paragraph paralyzer, rhythmic aristocrat. Mr. Rap, it's the gift of gap. About to twist your cap, swim the best of fast, fury, worry, hit the speech your ass. It's a bits and fragments, submit your quits, it's your ass. Sit your ass down while I rip the tracks and spit the facts. Hit the grass, green, brown, or purple, I'm the diplomat. Rip your raps, really, you don't get the math. Just a half breed, only rhyme, I was meant to rap into that. While you're breathing, rhyme, heathen, kidnap your mental black. Hijack your fly, dap a con, head your intellect. Mind state, arrow blast, centered crack, mind gap, fine, find they Backs in your back crying, act up, it's bad. My utensil grab, kind of tension. Get hit so bad with jujitsu stab, I offend you. And if you rap, I'ma send you back. Labbing in a tavern if you mad, kid, it's just too bad. Tell them it's the president. And it's official. You can hear the cheer coming out. So good. Yeah. I think it's not that long after that 
Uh, it's not. I like how the the backing changes too. The like it just changes ever so slightly, but it is very effective. Some hits. Hit you with the funk. It's like who cut the provolone? <laughs> yeah, we got a bunch of samples in this song. Sir Douglas Quintet. Uh, there's a De La Soul song, Daisy Age. Uh, the Timmy Rogers is the spoken word stuff. Um, it's a comedy comedy album. Yeah, yeah. and then um. Bobby Gosh, a song called Fancy Lovin' Lady. A lot of, lot of stuff going on there. There's a lot of layers to it. Cool Beans. Uh, this one has a cool ending, doesn't it? Halfway home. Halfway home. Feel like I miss a piece of myself. Feel like I gotta get back to a piece of myself. Man, I still gotta write this verse too. Halfway home. Halfway home. Sounds like it might be like a beat that they had left over. <laughs> uh, that's really cool. Now, th- to contrast this from the Mars Volta. I think the interstitial and the way that they play with stuff going into the other songs and stuff is super cool on this album. Um, it really gives a cohesive feeling to track into track. Yeah, I agree. And they purposefully do callbacks, which yeah, I, I think like Mars Volta just made that stuff very convoluted. And um, here it's just clear, concise, and they do it really well. I think concise is kind of the key word. Yeah. Oh, it's going down now. <laughs> is that Kiki Wyatt? I believe so, yeah. Kiki Wyatt is... Uh, sings the hook on this song and then Latif the truth speaker uh, does a verse that almost sounds like the most contemporary am I wrong about that in a no, way it's no, no, like no you're right I that like um i mean when i sing it like that it just reminds me of backstreet boys (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah but it does it reminds me of that britney spears backstreet boys and sync um and sync and backstreet boys both had a song that went like literally there's a uh and sync song that that is that's what's played um just that sound that they use for that is very uh it's almost the, more of a modern sound to this time than any of the other sounds on the on the record i think yeah i think so 
feels very modern R&B. Do you think that's be- in part because of so much of the album uses those sort of 70s sounds? I think so. I think so. So much of the so much of the album feels like 70s funk and soul instrumentation and sounds and yeah. Yeah, I I feel like a lot of the album has a little bit of a throwback vibe to like Tribe Called Quest jazz funk soul sampling and this one mm-hmm. just it does feel a little bit like contemporary to like Lauren Hill and that kind of stuff um, I also put in uh, oh the just the vocals the Kiki Wyatt on the sort of outro-ish part yeah the way they break it down really cool it is just very reminiscent of like lauren hill destiny's child like. yeah another callback this is this part right here this, a sample i think it is i would assume so there is a part this reminds me of the show Stella. There are parts when like they're sad that they play this trumpet thing that sounds exactly like this. And I'm like, I wonder if it's the same thing it, actually. I think it's Cashmere Stage Band and Bubba Thomas. Picture of Innocence. I yeah, I'm pretty sure this whole sort of soundscape bit is that. I love this song. This is I think yeah. this is one of my favorite songs back back when we listen to it a lot I think that's a common this is a commonly uh, lauded song on the album I appreciate the lyrics but sonically this is possibly my least favorite oh disagreement mm, throwing down takes <laughs> we gotta get we gotta get some you know, whenever Matt or I say, like, this is my favorite, the other one usually says, this is my least favorite. <laughs> I think that's that's what makes us that great. seems true. Yeah. yeah. We're the yin and the yang of the So So Cool podcast. Well, I think a lot of this album feels a little bit, a little throwback. Um, it's Going Down feels very current, and this song actually feels like what comes next in a lot of stuff i feel like it has this yeah it has a, a vibe of like the next couple of years of things yeah i also think this song has a nice is in a good place sequencing wise mm-hmm. um in the album yeah agree because it does kind of have a little different feel than a lot of the other things that are more like overtly funky yeah so i appreciate it Alright, and into brainwashers. It's a nice that blends the the sounds get bleeds over, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And this song features Ben Harper. Yeah. Which is this is sort of the height of Ben Harper or the tail end actually of Ben Harper. The tail end of Ben Harper, 
Ben Harper would probably disagree with that characterization. <laughs> I just mean in terms of his, the height of his popularity. Like he was like big in the late '90s and then like into 2000, right? Am I misremembering that? That seems about right. Like '96, '96 through 2000. He won like a Grammy in like 2005. Oh, okay. I think about him in in wrong. like our college years, but I don't yeah. I don't know if I'm remembering that correctly or not. Yeah, I think like a lot of people when we were in college were into like Ben Harper, Jack Johnson, that kind of yeah vibe. That's, that's what I was thinking. I love the baseline of this one. It's yeah. Ben Harper is also credited in, as a um, producer. So I'm assuming he was kind of involved with some of the songwriting and production in addition to singing on it. Yeah, well, like I said, uh, this one stuck out to me for for the, like the part where it's uh, it's when you think how they want to think, speak how they want to speak, living in defeat, when you don't want to question what they teach as the truth, with no proof, with the fear of burning in eternal heat. That hit very close to home <laughs> for me. I was uh, when you're programmed not to be your own man but a sheep. Unfortunately, the idea of sheep and stuff has been co-opted by the very people that I think uh, taught me to be this way. (laughs) Taught me to not question and taught me to follow. Um, That's what they do though. It is what they do. You know, the same people that say you're a sheep for getting the vaccine are not getting the vaccine because people told them not to get the vaccine. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny how that works. Yeah. It's funny because I, I think for me, uh, sheep and herding has a bit more of a, I have a herding dog. And so anytime, anytime the kids are like playing, chasing each other, Lemon always like jumps up and is like trying to like <laughs> corral them and oh. like bark at them. <laughs> I looked up Ben Harper to make sure it was the guy I thought it was. And it is. And in 2010, he was in, he was in a uh, super group, maybe? Um, with Danny Harrison that I thought was pretty oh. cool. It was a cool project. It was called Fistful of Mercy. And it was a pretty it was a pretty interesting album. There's at least one song I really dug. Danny Harrison really looks like George Harrison sometimes. I know, it's crazy. In these pictures he does for Fistful of Mercy. Clearly I was wrong about my Ben Harper arc. It's just... It was just my own Ben Harper arc. Like I, I personally got into Ben Harper in the late nineties. <laughs> yeah. And then sort of lost track of what he was doing. And so I just projected that that was what everybody yeah. did. And I was also wrong about the date. I mean, welcome to the cruel world is the album that I was really into. And that came out in 94, not 96. So I was all kinds of wrong. I'm sorry, Ben Harper. Apologize. Ben Harper been around. Yeah. A while. Can you say a bastard? <laughs> so good. Can you say it faster? That was actually the end of Alphabet Aerobics. They said the can you say it faster. 
neutron, proton, mass defect, lyrical oxidation, your irrelevant mass spectrograph, your electron volt, atomic energy erupting as I get all open on betatrons, gamma rays, thermal cracking, cyclotron, any and every mic you earn, transuranium, if y'all was uranium, molecules, spontaneous combustion, Pow. law of definite proportion, gain ink weight, I'm every element around. So the drums on this are um, from a drum solo. So the yeah, so the like sort of stretching of time and stuff is all sort of built into that track. Um, That's cool. Do you know who, yeah, who is, is playing the drums? Or it's Jim Keltner. He played on a lot of George and John's post-Beatle recordings. Ah, gotcha. So, Cut Chemist is the turntablist? They said he did the cuts on... Uh, yeah, I think that's an accurate way to describe him. But he's he's also a producer on this. But yeah, I think, be- I think they're obviously saying this is a continued idea from Alphabet Aerobics, and they're even tying it together with that... Can you say it faster? At the end of mm-hmm. Alphabet Aerobics and at the beginning of this, um, obviously very, very similar in concept. I love this. Hydrocarbon nitrogen cycle ionization heavier than electromotive metals that weigh over a ton. This has been a chemist, black delicious creation. Clean out your desk, put your papers away, cause class is almost done. All aboard for the nitrogen. This is chemistry plus So cool. Take that, Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> That's right. The gauntlet <laughs> has been thrown down. <laughs> I uh, I played that for my son this morning, and he was super impressed. He's like, "How can anybody talk that fast?" I'm such a sucker for like fast, like how fast can we go? Stuff. Yeah. I don't know if that's because mm-hmm. like like partly as a drummer i just like you know playing fast is fun and so yeah. I, i'm just always such a sucker for that stuff and like twista and uh um uh, joe and i were listening to logic's uh young young sinatra stuff yesterday it's just like hmm. how fast can you how fast can you do it for a long time i think i would have said buster rhymes is the fastest i've heard but Eminem has become quite insane with what he's capable of now. Yeah, I, I think just the level of control uh, while going that fast is really impressive. Yeah, it just reminds me of... Um, I also really love the Micro Machines guy. Yeah. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Micro Machines? No, Micro Machines. Is it toy commercial? Is it, is it toy commercial yeah. from the late it 80s? It sounds familiar. 90s? There were like uh, little little toy cars. 
I'm the Micro Machine Man, and I'm waiting to be launched out of the sky. But first, let me tell you about another launcher. The Micro Machine's Power Launcher. With super storage for two unbelievably ultra-fast Micro Machines. Simply slap it to your wrist, roll up the roadway, ramp, pull back the power loader, then let her rip. The totally terrific Micro Machine's Power Launcher. The only way to launch a totally terrific ultra-fast Micro Machines from Galoob. And remember, if it doesn't say Micro Machines, it's not the real thing. Oh! <laughs> wow. From Galoob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, micro machines. Aural pleasure. That's quite the title. Oh, I love that Barry Sax, man. So the hook is Jaguar right Jaguar right you snapping your thumb and finger eagerly Now since we have to achieve We must believe, believe, believe Into a certain degree I'm just like the weed You need to feed your man The circus won't cease It just eats and eats and eats at you We serving these beats In addition to serving and seas Tell the go berserk and they freeze Any day of the week I speak who speak As you get burned with this heat This is such a cool song Yeah um, Some other stuff uh, There's a sample from Andy Fairweather the song is Grease It Up um, and then I think this is one of the songs that's kind of like two songs. Uh, so there's an outro, second half kind of section. Uh, and there's a Portland-based rap group, Lifesavers, that appears on the second half. The lyrics of this one sort of seem tied in very much with the theme of the whole album. Um, Gift of Gab has said that the concept, the the title Blazing Arrow is something that Chief Excel came up with. And he said, just the concept of a Blazing mm-hmm. Arrow, it could mean so much. We decided to make that the title of the album. Blazing Arrow basically represents faith. It represents the faith and conviction to be able to walk whatever walk you have to walk. Because Neo was about purpose, so it kind of ties in. So I've heard him a couple different times say that Blazing Arrow is about faith. And this one ends with like, I am faith, I am faith, I am faith. Are the last words. Well, guys, this one is pretty funky. Funky, 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 funky. You know what time it is. Oh, you know what that means. Funk analysis. Let's do it. Funk analysis. All right. This whole album has a lot of funk elements. Wouldn't you guys agree? Funk and soul. Yeah. And... I would agree. And I think we've talked about it a bit, but, you know, I think there's that distinction between funky vibes and funky funk. Uh, and a lot of this stuff from here is is straight um, funk, you know, from of the genre mm-hmm. of the set, like from the 70s in particular. Um, so there's a heavy funk influence on this. This is the only song that feels... Like it's pulling from the genre, though. A lot of the others, like I, you know, the the Maupin tune is sort of mm-hmm. like he played a lot with Herbie Hancock, and they have, you know, the Headhunters have a little bit of that vibe, but it's still 
leans to the jazz, uh, uh-huh. especially that that sample that they pulled from is feels very solidly in the in the jazz side of things. Yeah, but this tune in particular is very yeah. Funky. I think the drumming throughout seems very funky. Um, I think on Green Light Now Begin, the drums and bass line are quite funky. But again, there's there's a there's a a line you walk with hip hop where it's like this is obviously rooted in in a hip hop feel, even though it's quite funky. And there's a lot of bleed over with those things. But I think this one, uh, this one definitely seemed to me to be the most glaringly seeming like funk. I think it's those funky horns. The horns help. The funky horns. Is there a clavichord in this too? Yep. And there yeah, and there's helps. like wah-ish guitar. Like really there's a lot of elements that sound like pulled straight from frunk from frunk <laughs> pulled straight from funk albums in this song. Frunk. My car has a frunk. <laughs> Is that a, tr- a trunk in the front? <laughs> um, can you play the uh, the last like thirty seconds? Baseline, horn, riff. Yeah. Wah guitar. Funky guitar with the wah pedal. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. The the funky horns definitely put over the top. So I think this funk analysis has determined that we we dig the funky horns. Come on, we dig the funky horns. And that it's a very funky album. Yeah. As Joe mentioned, though, the second half of this, or the last bit of this song is not so much but very cool yeah yeah it's really cool on its own yeah this might be like my one of my favorite guitar licks in the whole album very riffy This deserves to be its own track. I I love I love that they're playing with stuff with the sequencing and like making it interstitial. That deserves its own track. Cause I I don't remember hearing that as much. Um, and that is super cool. Yeah. It's yeah, very buried to it. Yeah, for how cool it is. Buried. It's, a, it's it's buried. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Shall we do passion? Let's do passion. Let's. This has the boners on it. We'll get them off there. 
Distorted guitar is really cool. I always like hooked on heroin. Yeah, that's that's really cool. The first sort of half verse was is uh, Raka or Raka uh, was the name of the rapper, and this also features DJ Babu. The song. Yeah, they, those two are both from Dilated Peoples. There's a few samples on here. New Freedom Singers, Put Your Hand in the Hand, EPMD, It's My Thing. And then I don't think we got to it yet, but there's like the spoken word, um, phone call, like fake uh, comedy mm-hmm. stuff from the 50s by this guy Kermit Schaefer. And the album that it comes from is Pardon My Bloopers. And if you just like search for this, there's these funny record covers and one of them um, uses the term boner. Uh, So, I mean, it's just like an old timey term for blooper, I guess. But yeah, radio and television's most hilarious boners. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a... Oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah. That is a hilarious boner. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna try to bring that back. (laughs) Might have a hard time. (laughs) Yeah, so... It's possible we'll end up cancelled. For saying hilarious boner? (laughs) (laughs) Um, This album is batting a thousand here so yeah, far it sure is it's really really great so far the, some of these at the end uh i used to not listen to as much but we'll see we'll see uh going forward if it if it keeps up that momentum <laughs> there's no craft on this album <laughs> <laughs> no. no i just there's enough for there's enough variety that you know we're in track 14 it's just you know 17 tracks on the album it's an hour and 14 minutes um you know depending on whether or not you would you know want to split some of these into multiple tracks like we're pretty far we're pretty far into the journey and my ears don't feel tired i feel like at this point i still just want to keep going for me i think that production and having a lot of space and it's not over overdone most of the beats are like pretty straightforward funky bass lines and um it is very enjoyable to listen to yeah they did a really good job constructing a 
cohesive album mm-hmm. out of this. Yeah, most of the time when I think about Blackalicious, I think about uh, Gift of Gab and how great he is. But listening back to this, I have such an appreciation for Chief XL and how much of this, the brilliance of this album really comes from what he's doing. Uh, mm-hmm. What a good, what a good duo. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> That bass is really cool. Mm-hmm. California with them gangsters bang ghetto life thugging on the corner. Youngest child of six. When I came, pop split with mama. Used to visit on weekends till he moved to the north side of Cal. 14, he died. 15, my mom's died. Alcoholic, diabetic forces on my life too. Moved with my older brother, taught me discipline. But I wasn't ready though. Still shocked and holding pain. So I skipped school, got F, got the posters on my wall. Taking down no TV. Times I feel like you ain't want me round. Set up in my room, developing the mind of a lover. Writing rhymes, rapping out my days. This is a very uh, different kind of feel to me. I don't know, it's kind of just like a, I don't know, like a sexy kind of quality to it or something. I don't I don't really know how to describe it, but it's different. Are, are there boners on this track, too? <laughs> I mean, I had a boner on this track, but... <laughs> yeah this this song i mean he's really getting autobiographical Mm -hmm. yeah um talks about his mom's health issues and then you know yeah this is the one i think where he talks about like the person he looks up to the most like is his mother is that this one yeah i think so and his he talks about his sister or his sisters or something like it's really cool yeah there's a real strong family family vibe in, in this we got some uh zach de la rocha coming yeah up. i think this song um allowed like made it so that i listened to the back half of the album more because yeah. i was such a big rage fan as like oh zach de la rocha even though he really just says one word he does a lot with that one word it's really uh perfect for zach there's so much dynamic uh greatness to just his one word Uh (laughs) and saying it over and sort of like like yeah just like bottled like energy just kind of like he builds tension really well almost like almost like rage yeah it's like (laughs) it's like he's got a lot of rage in the way he uses his voice so interesting yeah it's almost like it builds up to a release yeah that's yeah yeah (laughs) so this beat does remind me of the song Radar Love by Golden oh, yeah. Golden Earring. Yeah. Is that what that name yeah. is? Yeah. 
prevalent melanin, mm -hmm. elephant villain, and carrying sedatives that'll give average letterman calluses. Reckon with savage, this catalyst battling rappers just dagger right after the dagger is left on the cherished just caliber. Attica shatter your algebra with calculus. Damage your patterns, I'm pounding you so fabulous. Enough is enough is enough, and I'm busting a pile of this shell and eruption, eruption, your structure, and fuck with your Yeah, really bringing it to the last penultimate tune. Yeah, that, that is so cool. Like, I, I usually think of this as being a little bit one note because it's there's it there's not a ton of variation, but what is happening there is so cool. And I'm always when I listen to it, I'm always like, man, this is. This is so cool. There's there are more layers than I remember. Uh-huh. It really is building. I mean, honestly, the first the first release mm -hmm. by Zach. I honestly don't even know it's him because he's just saying mm -hmm. it. Um like just very casually. Um but by by this point a minute in, the last time he says it, it's like, "Oh, that is Zach De La Rocha. Like, you can hear yeah. the sort of, like, edginess in the way he says it. And so just, like, within the first minute, the ramp-up is, like, from 0 to 11 pretty fast. Yeah. Maybe um, I'm biased because I, we were such big Rage fans when we grew up. But um, Zach, you know, he did the, the side project with John Theodore. Um, and he's guested on, like... A handful of songs um but he's never like I, I always love when he's on just like guesting on rap songs um yeah but he's never really and uh, maybe he's just not a very prolific guy but i i think i feel like i would love a, a zach album if it were produced you know just like produced like a straight rap album yeah that'd be interesting Mm. I can't help but feel like I would want Tom Morello to play on it. And then it's like, well, why would you do that? Why not I, just do a rage? I don't no. know. I don't know if I would. I mean, like, the songs I've heard of him, like, again, he's guested on a lot of things, and it's really cool. Like, he's on a... Um, he does, like, a verse on a Run the Jewels song that's really cool. Um, yeah. It'd be fun. Just to hear him on like a hip-hop album yeah he's, that's true i definitely agree with you yeah he's got a really distinct voice obviously so yeah let's recruit him come on man zach <laughs> put out a record do it it's okay if it's full of boners just <laughs> we won't hold it against you zach <laughs> it's fine just do it we won't hold boners against you yeah <laughs> he's playing he's playing with house money at this point true mm -hmm. yeah so release we should we should split this one this is release parts mm -hmm. one two and three yeah. so we should probably break it down we're now slipping into part two a little bit of silence jingling yeah. Preceded by aggression. It's nice that there's a little bit of space. 
it's true. Aggression and then silence. Aggression then silence. Exhaustion to exhaust. In a breathlessness, out of restlessness. By the time I caught up to freedom, I was out of breath. Grandma asked me what I'm running for. Dance, I'm out for the same thing the sun is sunning for. What mother's worth are youngins for? And some say Jesus coming for. For all I know, the earth is spinning slow. Sun's at half mass, cause masses ain't a glow. On bended knee, prostrate before an altered tree. I've made the forest suit me. Tables and chairs, papers and prayers matter for a spirit. A metal ladder, that little, a wooden cross, mm -hmm. a plastic I don't know what it is, water, but that little a right in the back encased in so glass, mm -hmm. a spirit encased in flesh. Sound from shaped hollows, the thickest of mucus released from heightened passion. A man that cries in his and sleep, who's this a truth doing that this? has gone out of fashion. A mode of this expression, a paint splattered wall, a carton of cigarettes, a bouquet of corpses, a dying forest, a nurtured garden, a privatized prison, a candle with a broken wick, a puddle that reflects the sun, a piece of paper with my name on it, I'm surrounded, I surrender, all, all that I am I have been, all I have been has been a long time coming, I am becoming all that I am, the spittle that surrounds the mouthpiece of the flute, unheard yet felt, a gathered wetness. That's pretty cool. I mean, they, <laughs> this, like, part one comes in real strong and builds a ton of tension then we get a, a nice little break and then we just slowly piece things back together yeah and and this builds tensions even over really a, effective even over a longer period of time like yeah, spoken word a lot more even yeah <clears throat> and with such a pretty a pretty backing track too mm -hmm. um they're the way that they start with sort of the breathy air and then this little pretty line that do 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 and then the drums fade in and then more layers fade mm -hmm. in um it gives a sense of just like layering and layering yeah it's really cool yeah i think uh this is really well constructed and you would think that at the end of like a 75 minute album you would kind of be like uh now like a nine minute song but um yeah it's done so well it doesn't feel that way at all yeah i mean it, I mean, it really is like three tracks when you hear this type of spoken word um you kind of just go along for the ride it's not like you want to duck out halfway through it's like mm -hmm. really powerful what is release part three i'm trying to remember part three Release. Little kid. This is. The heavens and benevolent medicine man, reverend, peddling deliverance that resemble amphetamines. The residents in the meadow were pestilence who developed. So this is lyrics born. Is he is or is he ain't the most distinctive speaker seeping through your sleepy speakers? It kind of sounds like Snoop Dogg and Lord Grunge. Yes. Yeah, he's kind of, we were talking about that yesterday, he's got a little bit of a snoop, uh, snoop grunge. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely snoop, like, this bass one. I know, this is so cool. Oh, yeah. 
and then the horns. I mean, we could have done a funk analysis of this yes, one for sure. Yes, I thought about that too. And and Ooh. like our old pleasure, that, I mean, that is it. Just... En- it ends with this like super cool thing that could be buried if people aren't uh, willing to to check because that is super cool. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I kind of. I mean, I, I, I totally understand like the ri- the rationale of making it one, one piece. Mm-hmm. But um, I kind of do wish that they had just broken it into three separate tracks and um, still tied it together in the same way. But yeah, yeah, because you know if you don't yeah if you don't make it through to eight minutes you know you're missing that missing out on miss that a, like this is like this ending is just so yeah. good i mean <laughs> uh, did you want to hear the the outro bit or or you're just mentioning the like making it to this point yeah play like close to the end and see Focus straight, aim, orchestrate, fake. And this part, that release part three sounds a little bit, a little bit different than anything we've heard before. Like it's got a different vibe. It does. I mean, it's got yeah, it's got that sort of. I think it's its closest cousin on here is. Um, is oral pleasure probably hmm. day one yeah day one we end this album on day one it almost feels like the album has like a cyclical feel to it There's the, I heard that the other day. And I was like, "What is that?" Hey, hey, it's a uh, shout. Oh yeah. I think Matt yes. said the same thing yesterday, and we couldn't place it. Yeah, I I had to yeah. turn it. I had to like turn it off and start singing it mm-hmm. to get it out of that feel. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, that's shout." Yeah, that's cool. I think it's a great closer for this album. I agree. Days turn to night. We say goodbye to the album. Mm-hmm. 
sort of restating the purpose of the whole thing. So, final thoughts. I feel like I found new things on it this mm. time, and that was really fun. Uh, yeah. yeah, still really love it, and um, I think more than I assumed I would coming back to it. Really fun to listen to and like enjoyable the whole way through. There aren't really any like weak tracks. I don't think. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah, I I knew that I wanted to do this one and then um part of me was like, maybe it's not as good as I think it is. And uh man, it's way better than I remembered it. <laughs> actually. Yeah. And I, I discovered like Matt saying, I discovered new things and layers of stuff that um, I usually wasn't getting just listening to it casually uh, off and on back in uh, 20 years ago. Yeah, I think that's, I would agree with that. I think my listening to it when we were teenagers was not as deep as this listen that I gave it to this just now. And um, it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Have you guys listened to any of Gift of Gab's solo records? I don't think so. I remember Fourth Dimensional Rocket Ships, which is really close in time frame, I think, to this, mm-hmm. being very cool. And I've listened a little bit to uh, to some of the later stuff too. It's 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 all very good. It all has it it's all has its own merits. I just haven't done enough deep dives on any of the other stuff, but. I would really like to um, give Finding Inspiration somehow a listen, his last album. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Any hot take favorites? Hot take favorites? Oh, that's such a good question. Yeah. I I really feel like I can't, I can't uh, go anything other than 4,000 Miles as my favorite, even though that was my favorite then which feels a little bit like not as fun. <laughs> but um, as far as like the the words and the lyrical content, there was a bunch that stuck out to me this time that I was uh, way more into than I, than I hadn't been before. What about yeah. you guys for favorite? Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I, I loved the first six or seven tracks when I when we were younger and listening to this I think like some of the stuff on the back half I didn't appreciate as much um so like oral pleasures uh would be you know maybe one that I didn't listen to a ton back then that I really like now so that might be my honorable mention yeah yeah I think when I first listened to this record, I was drawn to the chemical calisthenics stuff mm-hmm. uh, and 4,000 miles. I think now, um, I don't know. I I didn't, even though I was a Rage fan, I didn't ever give as much of a listen to release 
and I think listening through it now, I think that may be to me one of my favorites here. I know I said it, Make You Feel That Way is also up there for me. Yeah, this is awesome. Super strong album. R.I.P. Gift of Gab. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, you know, if you are have been enjoying the podcast and you want to give us a review or follow us and stuff, that we'd we'd appreciate it. But uh, thanks for thanks for listening with us, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. It's okay if it's full of boners.